0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I'm the author of the film review website, Quipster.net. I thank you for listening to the show, and I hope you like it. If you do, I do encourage you to click the subscribe button, and you'll continue to get all of my reviews. I even have a backlog of 280 other films you can listen to right here on this very podcast, but I have over 4,000 written reviews at my website at Quipster.net. That's Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. I also have about 50 or so more Reviews at the time of this recording for films of the 1980s on my other podcast called Around the World in 80s Movies. Check that out wherever you're listening to this right now and you'll find it. Speaking of 80s, this film I'm going to be reviewing today is very much a throwback to the films of the 1980s. It is called, appropriately, Summer of 84. It's a 2018 film, though. It is currently out on VOD, Video On Demand. So wherever you are streaming your services, you can pay for a rental fee or even purchase it outright. You can do so right now at iTunes or Amazon or wherever you purchase for watching for an evening. The film isn't rated, but I would definitely say it is an R-rated film. It does have strong violence. It has scary images. It does have some nudity and strong language. The runtime is an hour and 45 minutes. As far as the cast and the directors go, I'm going to probably butcher a few names here, so please forgive me. It's easier to write these names than it is to say, graham vercher caleb emery judah lewis Corey gruder andrew tiara scovby rich summer jason gray stanford and shauna johansson are in this film the directors are rkss which is a trio of directors who work together called francois Somard, Anouk whistle and joan carl whistle the screenplay is credited to matt leslie and stephen j smith so summer of 84 as i mentioned the collective directorial team known as rkss This is a follow-up to another cult film that they made that tapped into the vibe of the 1980s, a zany post-apocalyptic comedy called Turbo Kid. I actually reviewed that for this podcast. You can go to some of my past episodes and find it just dig it out there. This time out, though, it's more of a straight-faced effort than Turbo Kid was. It sets the film in the titular year of 1984 without going full bore into the 80s nostalgia that drenches so many other properties that take place in the popular era, especially Super 8, uh, Stranger Things, the TV show, and of course, the remake of It that was a big hit uh, not too long ago. This one's set in the fictional suburbs known as Ipswich in Oregon. During, of course, the summer of 1984, we followed the exploits of a group of four teenage friends, including the main protagonist, Davey, who spends his time with his paper route and in watching his neighbor and former babysitter named Nikki through his bedroom window, The boys spend a good deal of time together, they ride bikes, they explore, they horse around, they engage in adult items like booze and nudie mags that they've managed to pilfer from their parents or other places. They patrol the neighborhood playing this game that they call Manhunt, which I actually did not play a game called Manhunt when I was a kid. Apparently it's a known game, it's some sort of variation that combines tag with hide-and-seek. At large though, in their town and for quite a while is the serial killer known as the Cape May Slayer. The Cape May Slayer preys upon teenagers just like the boys that we have at the heart of this film. So when Davy sees some suspicious activity within the home of the nice cop in their neighborhood, an officer named Wayne Mackey, Davey begins to convince himself that the law enforcement officer is indeed the Slayer himself and has not been caught all of these years because of his convenient occupation. So with the help of his best friends, Davey begins to search for the clues to pin Mackey as the culprit that he is sure he is there's more to this story than that obviously there's a mystery at the heart of it i'm not going to spoil here it does build on very hitchcockian plotting it's going to remind many viewers of the master of suspense's rear window and a lot of the movies that were influenced by rear window you have 1989's the burbs 2007's disturbia come immediately to mind those films begin and end with this premise that murderers live next door to someone they could very well be living next to you or next to me You know we only really know those sides of our neighbors that they choose to let us see if we could examine our neighbors activities or inspect their environs much more closely we'd probably be shocked at what we might find lurking within our very own neighborhoods now nostalgia bait properties like stranger things and it notwithstanding The films that I found most reminiscent of Summer of 84 would be a film that came out in actually 85, a vampire next door light horror flick called Fright Night, kind of a semi-comedy there. If that film were combined with another film that came out within the last couple of years that was set actually in the 1990s, a teen flick from 2017 called Super Dark Times, I feel like you would get a lot of the coverage that Summer of 84 has here rkss managed to take the time out to appreciate each of their characters they explore their home lives much more than most that have tread this path and it makes the quartet of friends feel believable and their activities feel far less precocious than even films that are contemporary of its era tended to be within the 1980s as far as the thematic material here while they've been done before i do think that they still managed to work well for summer of 84. One is, of course, that there are not monsters that we've all imagined growing up, at least those ones of fantasy, but there are real monsters, and they lie within people. These people commit horrific acts that we would attribute to those monsters of fantasy. For instance, the boys end up having a conversation at some point in this film about whether Ewoks could defeat gremlins. It's kind of an indicator of. Whether the forces of good in the Ewoks could defeat those of seemingly innocent creatures like the Mogwai, who actually have the capacity for evil and mayhem under the right circumstances through those things that turn them into gremlins, very much evokes that sense of what's going on in this film. Fright Night, the 1985 film, turned those killers into actual vampires. But here in the summer of 84, it keeps it all on a grounded level throughout and it plays more like a traditional Hardy Boys mystery. The book series actually gets a nod when one of the boys reads a Hardy Boys story within this film. Except for this one obviously is more R-rated in its dialogue and some of the developments that are shown. Another theme is of the realization that as we all grow up out of our sheltered existence, that the world is a very dangerous place and no one should ever consider themselves as completely safe. We don't know what dangers lurk within the homes even just next door. Now, people you've been told to trust, whether they're parents or those who are entrusted with our protection, priests and cops and teachers and whatnot, they are all fallible to their own weaknesses, their own vices. So indeed, as we come to learn throughout this film, even the boys themselves have things going on in their own homes that they do not share with each other, including parental bouts of alcoholism, some abuse that happens in their homes. There's a lot going on here in everyone's home, and yet, The teenagers don't really feel like they can turn to anyone but each other because of that trust that comes with their shared outlook on all of these things that they've experienced in life. Although those feelings further increase their sense of isolation and despair when they encounter true danger. Now, Summer of 84 has very nice performances here from a mostly younger cast. Graham Vercher especially is sympathetic and relatable in his literal boy next door role. Rich Summer here, who plays the cop Mackie, he's very good in creating this presence that is physically imposing and maybe a little bit creepy in terms of his earnestness, but he's also characteristically kind and assuring in his demeanor to the point where we're not actually 100% sure that the film is either going to end with the boys learning that they're just crying wolf, or if indeed Mackie will actually remove the sheep's clothing for all to see at some point. You feel like you know exactly where the story's gonna go, but you're never quite sure. So I like that about this film, but I will say that for as fun and suspenseful as the film is throughout, as with many films that are built on suspense and mystery, Things began to take a little bit of a dip during the climax. All the cards are laid out on the table for us to see. That's always a chance that you take when you make a mystery suspense film. Once you actually know what's going on, can you buy it? Can you buy it what happens after that? I did buy it enough to recommend this film, but it gets a little bit shaky. The mystery that's revealed as to just what's going on within the world of the teenagers, as well as those deadly consequences that result, some of those really didn't quite sit well with me from a tonal standpoint. I feel a little bit uncomfortable with it. Probably a rewatch would help me sort it all out. However, I will say that the film's epilogue does cap it back into form with its circular premise that's laid out by the beginning of the story coming full circle for the end of the film. It really does resonate. And I do think that it does cap off everything very well. So as far as a recommendation for this film, people who enjoy the films of the 1980s, which are filled with a lot of those spielbergian tales of kids in the suburbs who end up finding adventures that await just outside their doors i think that you're going to enjoy summer of 84 the most it's both an authentic reflection of the prevailing attitudes of the youth of the times but it's also one of the films from which it is so clearly inspired including the prevalent early 80s film tropes of teenage boys doing everything they can to get glimpses of naked women the synth soundtrack here definitely evokes the 80s there's an emphasis here on old school tracking shots from the way that the film is shot cinematically it's a throwback to a simpler but i think still very effective form of storytelling and definitely is recommendable on that regard. So I'm going to give Summer of 84 three stars out of four. Three stars on my scale means that I do recommend it for those people who like this kind of movie. If you are like me, somebody who grew up as a kid in the 1980s watching these kinds of films, obviously this is a more adult film, but of course everybody who was a kid in the 1980s is now an adult, you're probably going to like what Summer of 84 has to offer. If you like those kind of retro properties, it and Stranger Things, especially for the fact that they are set in the past, I think you'll also dig it as well. I wouldn't say that it really covers a lot of material that hasn't been done in other films before, but it is a throwback film. So it is trying to capture something that used to exist in narrative form in the past, It doesn't really happen as much today so RKSS really trying to capture those things that they enjoyed from films growing up and I think that they succeeded here as they did with Turbo Kid even though those films are completely different in the way that they explore those themes. So three stars out of four. Before I go, I do want to mention a little bit of trivia. If you've seen this film already and you're just listening to this review after the fact, because I was wondering about it, the boys go into an arcade at some point in the film. There's this video game there that I've never heard of before called Polybius. So I ended up having to look and see whether that game actually ever existed. It's actually a fictional video game. It does have an out of order sign within the film itself, so we never really get a good look at it. However, I did discover that starting in the year 2000, there was an urban legend that developed that there was this arcade game that was invented in the early 1980s that was created by this organization that was based in Oregon, which is coincidentally where this film is set, that was meant to disorient and brainwash the players certain things. There's more to the story than that, which you can look up at any time. Now the name Polybius, which is something that I actually do know, has somebody who studied ancient greece comes from the thematically relevant historian of the ancient greek times polybius who believed as a historian that you should not sensationalize events without your recording you should simply just write them down as they happen without your own personal conjecture to add to it so that does tie in some of the things that the boys are doing within the film. So a little bit of trivia there to give you more depth to what's exactly going on within the film. I'm sure there are more nuggets like that in here, but that's one that I noticed and I thought I'd pass it along to you. Thanks everyone for listening. I hope that you enjoyed the review. If you have your own thoughts on Summer of 84, anybody could really see it right now. If you have an internet connection, just check it out on VOD. Write to me. You can find my contact information at my website. That's quipster.net. Dot Net.